Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Disappointment, a little, uh, you know, uh, just gut wrenching sometimes, particularly in the way we had played in spurts. But, you know, I also know how talented um, Brunswick is, and uh, you know, so it was a, it was a game of, of runs, and uh, unfortunately they got the last run. Darian is the measuring stick of Connecticut. I mean, as, as much as we probably hate to admit that, that's the truth. And so to be able to play them, um, finally have the schedule, you know, the last couple of years. And, you know, we're honored to play them. And, you know, they're a well-coached and really, really impressive team. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Long Stick Podcast. Game Time CT's look at high school lacrosse in Connecticut. And I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. And with me, as always, is Michael Fornabio. Michael, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Sean, how about you? Yeah, long, long, long uh, ride up to New Fairfield uh, last night. So uh, both of us are kind of, you know, a little, <laughs> a little exhausted. It's been a, that and other things, let's be honest. Yeah, no, that, yeah, there's a lot we've been doing and a lot that's been going on. And But uh, it was good to see the Rebels. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But at the top of the show, you heard some of the, some of the comments and some of the sounds from Darianne's nine to eight overtime loss to National Powerhouse, or you can call Darianne a National Powerhouse as well, but mm-hmm. National Powerhouse and uh, state prep school powerhouse Brunswick uh, at a pretty, you know, considering pretty packed uh, Darien High School. It was nice to see Brunswick come to town. Beautiful day, and uh, we got we got treated to a we got treated to a show, didn't we, Mike? I tell you, we saw Darien and Staples on last well, last Thursday, and then saw them against Brunswick two days later. And I don't know about you, I thought those were two of the most entertaining lacrosse games I've seen in a while. Yeah, in a while, I say as if we haven't we've seen a ton of lacrosse games the past two years. But I mean, really, just great action, great great players, great athletes, and just really really fun games to watch. Yeah, that was the Staples game, and you know Staples. We saw them against Cheshire, and uh, you know they held Cheshire off, and then they came right back and they played Darien. We'll see, you know, they were the number three ranked team at the time and uh, let's see what staples has got you know how how far they've come against darian and listen they showed up 
you know, it was uh, it was nip and tuck there for a while, and Darian just needed to, you know, put it uh, put, get its act together and start scoring goals. And that one by uh, I believe it was Minicus from uh, or was it was you no, know, it was from Min- it was it was Matt Minicus from Brady Picorni to score that goal right at the end of the third quarter to really kind of give them a nice berth to uh, to put Staples in. But Staples played well. I mean, their, their goalie played well. Um, and they, they were right in that one. And uh, that was really interesting. And then we turn around and, you know, at the end of the, the, the Darien game against Staples, uh, you know, we heard a lot of like, well, you know, came out flat. We got to get our act together. And Jeff Braymar, he said, you know, forget that. Listen, Staples is really good. But it was strange because then Saturday comes and then Darien looks like gangbusters against uh, Brunswick. You know, Picorni the freshman, which Bacorn are you talking about? Well, you know, the freshman just, it was a kind of a coming out party for him, especially this last week. Uh, he scored four, what was it? Four goals against Brunswick. And, uh, you know, he got him off to that hot start, two four goal leads. He had that crazy one in front where, you know, he, <laughs> I still can't figure out what happened there. He, he kind of flipped the ball over his back, but it got deflected and went into the, into the goal. You know, and, and then he scored that late one to put him up eight to seven with about six and six and a half minutes left against Brunswick. And you're like, geez, you know, you know, with with Demopolis being Demopolis and then you had a kid who could score when you need him to score. You know, you were like, geez, well, yeah, Darian lost that game. And we'll talk about that crazy ending in a second. But Darian loses that game. And, you know, like they, you know, they still didn't have Holt Mathias back, who did come back this week. You know, I know Jeff was talking a little bit about that. He's got a kind of a how he's going to kind of work Matthias in after so much time off, and and uh, the way Brady Picorni has been playing as a freshman is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, they look. I mean, obviously, you know, they look like the class of Connecticut uh, Darien right now. But it was an interesting Staples uh, matchup. Indeed, and yeah, you know, you you always wonder with Darien. I think we we talked about it uh, before. You know, you, there's. Always seem about one game that uh, that someone finds a way, you know. However, it works that Richfield game in the final, or that Wilton game where they where they slow them, down. never really slow them down, but just found ways to defend them in the FCX semifinals a couple of years ago. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> can can we figure out that way to do it again? Because they they sure look like they're for the class of the, of the state. Joining us a little later on the show is going to be Bobby Lutz, the uh, head coach at Greenwich High School. Now, Greenwich was an interesting position to start the year uh they were in quarantine they got a late start and uh you know they're just finally starting to get into uh they're just starting to get into their season really uh they got a lot of games going on we'll talk to bobby a little bit about you know his sixth year there i mean he's a guy he's been around forever pretty much i mean he's still pretty young but uh you know he played at new canyon played for howard benedict and then he coached with howard benedict and then he coached with jeff braymar and and now he's got his own program and we'll talk to him about you know how to chase these guys how to chase the darians of the world and uh you know uh we'll, we'll, and how to get the youth program up and, and all that good stuff and you know we'll talk to him about that but saturday getting back to that saturday Let's let's quickly talk about the end of that that Brunswick Darien game. You know, Darien again it was four goal leads twice, and uh, and then Brunswick, which is just loaded. I mean, you looked at that roster; they have kids going Notre Dame. You have kids going to, I mean, Duke, Princeton, uh, Princeton, Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, on and on. Yeah, 
they they're loaded and then they you know the next, a few days later they played Ridgefield and it was it was it was an exhibition very very early in that game but uh the, crazy how uh Coulter Maxey that's a great name Coulter Maxey the kid going to Princeton yeah you know, he, he was a he was a stud in that game especially late you know that last goal and it did I didn't even realize it at the time but that last goal, 4.5 seconds left. He takes the ball. He goes right in front of the cage, slips it past Demopoulos, who had a great game, uh, bounces out. But it look what it's strange, Mike, because it bounced out of the goal, but the back of the goal, I guess it hit the bar, which is flat. Mm. And it, so it must have found like the sweet spot on that goal to bounce out to make the referees think. That uh, that that didn't go in, but looking at all the replays, especially from Darian, uh, the Athletic Foundation, uh, it was goal. That was a that was an amazing goal. Diving in front, Colton Maxey should have been given that. Got, I, I you know I don't know how the referees missed it. I mean, from my vantage point, way midfield, I couldn't tell through a lens. It, looked, it did look weird, but I couldn't. But I couldn't tell either standing next to you. It, 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 it looked odd, but I couldn't tell what was going on. And the sun was that sun was no weird angle from, from where we were standing too, so it kind of messed yeah. me up. Yeah. But yeah, and and I think like you said, you know, poetic justice. What happens in overtime? Then? Yeah, sweet justice. He was able to get it. They were able to win the draw, Brunswick, and you know, then it was right back to Colter Maxey again. He was going to Princeton for that was another pretty goal. Yeah, that was another great one. He didn't even. He, he kind of saw it out of the corner of his eye and then hit, you know, off stick low, the sweet spot, the, the place you want to get it. If you need a, a goal, you got to, you know, hit it off stick low. And he didn't even, it was like a no look. It, it was a beautiful goal. I mean, it was right out in front. No, no chance by the defender. I don't even think Demopoulos knew it was coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he, he got a really late start on it. And by the time he even realized what happened, that, that, that was goal. That goal, that was a goal. And, it was a it was a tremendous. Listen, there Brunswick, as far as like you know, prep schools go, and and they, they get a lot of kids from um, New York, uh, from Westchester, Bronxville, and all those things. Maxie himself is from Bronxville, but you know, there's plenty of Greenwich kids there as well. And they, yeah, I'm impressed. I was impressed by them. I guess they played Lawrence. Uh, they lost to Lawrenceville a few days previous, and then they turn around. And they they got they got beat by Deerfield, which is another you know great. 12, powerhouse man. in lacrosse deerfield um uh last night but uh i was really impressed with them but listen there is nothing really to hang your hat about head about that about that loss i mean uh especially now uh, you, you you know you can hang with one of the best teams in the, in the country maybe and basically signaling that you're one of the best teams in the country and i don't know who's beating darianne i don't think anybody does while we're at that brunswick darianne game you, know, you had Greenwich upending Ridgefield, 15, 15 to 13. And uh, and then on the other side, you had Wilton, you know, really kind of taking it to Staples there. Wilton showing up finally. It took them a while. But, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to be too long before we started hearing from Wilton and uh, maybe even Greenwich. But uh, those were two really interesting results while we all had our eyes focused on Darien and Brunswick. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it just sort of, I guess, speaks to depth, you know, Greenwich getting everybody back from, from their, uh, from their season opening quarantine, getting, getting to full strength and you see what they can do with, uh, with everybody together. And Wilton, you know, I think like we said last week, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they don't have the star power, but they got a lot of, 
they got a lot of guys. They got a lot. They got a lot of players, and uh, they, you know, obviously didn't see that game, but uh, found a way to found a way to put it together. But that was a, an impressive performance against uh, yeah, for sure. Staples. Their score, you know, it, from one of the highlights I was able to, to cobble together, it looked like you know they they were kind of making a statement there, and that was really interesting. So we we're looking at the top ten, and uh, you know, I don't even know where to put half these teams after Darian. It's just Darian number one. I don't think a lot of people did. The votes were kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, where do you put Richfield? Richfield loses, but at the same time, you know, Staples loses, and then you know, yep. think Staples is going to move up after their performance against uh, Darian. But then they lose to Greenwich and, you know, I mean, Greenwich and Wilton were the teams that actually benefited. So uh, really fascinating. And Duquesne is sitting there saying, hi, they're waiting. They're waiting. They're biding their time. Yeah, they are. And they're going to get their rematch. Uh, Yeah. As you mentioned in the games to watch on Game Time CT, the the rematch season is about to start. You know, you're going to have teams like uh, New Canaan playing Ridgefield again. The first time it was a one goal game. We were both there in the rain and, uh, it should be interesting to see how far New Canaan has come. They've been kind of lying low a little bit, playing, you know, beating some of the teams they need to beat. Um, so v- really interesting to see what, what the next week is going to hold. We're getting closer and closer to the conference tournament time, and there's not a lot mm-hmm. of time left. But a couple weeks there left. Are, yeah, there are a lot of teams that are, you know, packing these games in uh, just to get it all in, including Greenwich. So let's take a look at that top 10, Mike. Um, Darianne losing the only, the only loss it's got is to Brunswick. Uh, since that Staples 10-7 victory, they've been rolling. They, they defeated Ward 20-4, and then they beat uh, Greenwich last night 20-6. We'll talk to a, little, a little bit about Bobby a little bit about that one. Um, and then you have number two, Ridgefield, which, you know, kind of a tough stretch for the uh, Tigers. They're an iffy number two at best right now, sitting at five and three. Of course, one of those is the uh, Brunswick loss. But losing to Greenwich 15-13, to that was tough, and who was the other one they lost? Oh, they lost to Darianne, of course. Right. Uh, and that was, you know, that wasn't a, a, a route by any stretch of imagination, but uh, certainly uh, Ridgefield's got some things to figure out um, after that loss there. I don't know how much of a number two they are. I mean, I guess we could rank everybody ranked number two after Darianne. <laughs> two tie, seven teams. I mean, there's only, what, three points separating four to six in the poll this week? That's crazy. Cannon Prep Wilton. <laughs> right. New Canaan's in fourth place by a point. Fairfield Prep is, uh, what, two points uh, ahead of Wilton at six. So. And then you have Greenwich sitting there, you know, which, you know, they've already got that the victory over Ridgefield. So <laughs> Staples is three. They, I don't know where else to put them. I kind of had this ranking right. the same thing. Staples are three. They're playing Fairfield Prep tonight. That should be a really fascinating one. Um, we'll see how far Fairfield Prep has come. We got a text from Graham Neamey. Um, after their game against Cheshire, uh, they beat up on Cheshire, which is a pretty good team. And uh, he was like, "We're getting there. We're getting there." He was really, he was, he was, he was fired up about that. We'll, we'll get a chance to see Fairfield Prep a little bit tonight. Uh, like you said, New Canaan uh, number four. They're going to play Ridgefield in their rematch. Wilton at number six. They're packing their schedule. They got Ludlow tonight, Thursday. They got Stanford, and then they got a big one to see where they are. The Dariana at three o'clock on Saturday at Darianne and they come, come back with McMahon on Tuesday. Um, and then Greenwich, we'll talk to Bobby. Let's a little bit about the Cardinals, but 
obviously big win there with Ridge against Ridgefield 15 to 13. And then there's number eight, new Fairfield. And we finally got to go see, you might've saw them earlier, Mike, but I finally got to get a chance to take a look at the uh, rebels against undefeated and 10 ranked Weston. And, uh, Really a defensive struggle there. It looked like, uh, I don't know, maybe it was the weather or something, but uh, both teams not on their game until finally, you know, Nate Alvidi uh, shows up and the, the Rebels uh, started to put that game away. That was a great goal by Alvidi. Alvidi had five goals. Um, the senior had five goals uh, to help put that game away, including one right with three points, five or so seconds left to go in the half to put him up 4-1. Uh, a defensive struggle to be sure. I thought the uh, Western goalies, Albert stood on his head a bit. It could have been a lot worse. And, uh, you know, new Fairfield's chugging along here. It's a shame though, that they're not playing anybody outside the SWC. True. Yeah. It's disappointing. They may even be down to 13 games as it turns out, just because of the way things worked out with some of their opponents. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I did see them early and they were missing a few guys and, you know, you could see that the depth wasn't there and they got a, they were, you know, little a few more bodies yesterday running in, uh, and like you say, Alvidi, that, that that goal. I I can't wait to watch the video. I haven't seen it yet. To, 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 uh, put up just see the reverse angle because I was standing on the other side of the field at that point just before halftime. Uh, yeah. just really pretty goal. I mean, sloppy start. Everybody everybody kind of said that about about that one. And then uh, New Fairfield just kind of has the weapons to kind of put it all together. Weston was kind of forcing some things. You know, they're they're shorthanded. Um, you know, Jacob Stroud's a real good player in the midfield, and they, they were sort of, you know, getting the ball to him and, and kind of waiting for him to do something with it. And sometimes that's that's a tough thing to do. It kind of cost them a little bit, I think, maybe in that first half. And New Fairfield took advantage and, and took control. New Fairfield, I don't know if they're the, I don't think they're the powerhouse they were. I mean, who is? Maybe Darian, mm-hmm. but who? I don't think they're the powerhouse they were two years ago. But they still have the VD. They still have Constantinese. Uh, we'll see about New Fairfield the rest of the way. They they play Benel. Uh, on Friday, and then they play another big one with Newtown on the road on Saturday, two o'clock, uh, before they wrap up with Massive Barlow and New Milford. I don't see anybody else beating New Fairfield, and then it's just going to come down to see who's who's going to beat them. Unless Weston wants to show up in the SWC playoffs, I don't know who's going to beat them in Class S. That's going to be a really rough time. And you know, Weston, we'll see about Class M. I mean, they, they look like April. I don't wouldn't call them a prohibitive favorite in Class M. Um, given some of their depth, maybe issues, but yeah, you know, like I think we've, we've been saying, you know, I'm mean, there's seems like there's no super clear favorite, you know, even a hand is coming on. Um, you know, there, there's some, there's some decent teams in that, in that division and class S can still be interesting too. East Catholic's not playing bad. You still got St. Joe's is always there. St. Joe's is always tricky because you kind of forget about them a little bit in the FCX schedule. They're, they're kind of an interesting team. We'll have to keep an eye on. I know Marty mentioned them. He said, listen, once St. Joe gets out of the FCX schedule and they get into the class S one, they're going to be tough, uh, tough to beat. So um, can't leave out summers either playing that CCC schedule too. Yeah. Summer is getting its workout too in the CCC. And a tough CCC schedule too, right? They're playing in that that top that top class with the Simsburys, Glastonburys. You know, they, they played them yeah. already. Summers has played half their schedule right now. They got Southington tonight at five o'clock Thursday, and then they go Canton, Connard, Granby Memorial, Avon, South Windsor, East Catholic, and Suffield. So we, we haven't heard the last of them yet. It's still kind of figuring out where they are. But uh, yeah, they lost to Simsbury nine to five. They that beat up by Glastonbury, a much bigger school, sixteen to four. And then you have Hall. They 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 lost to uh, by by a goal. But 
you know, Summers is another team we should keep our eye on. But I, you, you mentioned Hand, and, uh, you know, I was looking at their schedule the other night, and they're on a roll. I mean, they're yeah. beating teams up. They 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 sp- talking about teams that they're kind of getting overlooked a little bit. They, 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 they beat Ludlow, which is another team very similar to Hand right now, 5-3, and then they lose to Cheshire 13-4, uh, and then Prep 10-3, and Wilton 8-10. That's a tough, tough – that's – Four top, well, three out of four top ten teams in a row, and Ludlow's don't slouch. They went one and three, three of the losses were the, to the top ten. And then since then, it's been Morgan, Notre Dame, West Haven, Guilford, Xavier. They crushed, and then North Haven last night they crushed seventeen to one, and they got Shelton and Simsbury and Xavier, and then they get their rematch with Fairfield Prep on Thursday the thirteenth. Hand is a is a team you got to keep your eye on right now. For sure. This is for, at least as far as class M goes. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the goalie's been playing pretty well. I know he was uh, well regarded in the preseason. And uh, they got some they got some other guys who can play too. Haven't seen them, obviously, but uh, yeah, looking, looking forward to seeing what happens with them. And then uh, the only other team we didn't mention was number nine, Cheshire. We, like you said, we saw them against Staples. And I thought, you know, we, I, we mentioned it last week. I thought Cheshire played pretty well considering and uh, that, that boded well. But then they, then they go into Fairfield Prep, man, and Fifteen to five is, you know, it's probably a little bit of both worlds. I mean, are they that far away from Fairfield Prep? Probably. I mean, uh, but Fairfield, if Fairfield Prep getting better, I'm really anxious to see what Fairfield Prep can do. I, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by what Fairfield Prep has got now uh, for the re- the rest of the way. Let's take a quick look at Prep's schedule going down the stretch here. Um, they play Staples tonight, which I'm going to try and catch a little bit of. And then they get Guilford, Hand. And then they play Darien on the 15th, which, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think they're beating Darien anytime soon, but I'd like to see how they play. I really would like to see how they play. And then they finish three straight road games, Xavier, North Haven, and they play Wilton, which um, will be another one to watch before they go into the SEC tournament. But uh, young Fairfield prep still, uh, able to flex its muscles in the SEC. Just to see those teams on the field with each other is, is great. I think, you know, just, you know, we, we see it in hockey a little bit more where, where prep plays like the Darians and the Nucanes and, and, you know, just obviously, you know, scheduling, you know, you only got 16 games and the FCI teams have to play their, their schedules. And in a normal year, they're playing the Long Island teams and the Westchester teams and even beyond and prep kind of does the same with their own group. Boy, it's kind of fun to see Brunswick playing five FCI teams and prep playing a bunch of FCI teams. It's, I think, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. It's just like hockey, where you know that that happened this year. You saw a lot of the FCI teams playing the SEC teams. I thought that was a great idea. They should do a lot more of this. Fairfield Prep. Maybe this is the kind of the door opening. But I know, like you said, I know a lot of these teams like to go out. They like to play, you know, the Yorktowns and the Shamanads and. You know the the uh, all those you know uh, there's so many of them uh, in this area. It's just, it's a hop in the cross, and yep. you know uh, you try and do this as much as possible, but you also have to kind of weave in a a league schedule in there. I mean, it's almost like I, I would like to see the FCAC kind of divvy up their schedule, but the problem is it's not like Division One, Division Two in hockey in in lacrosse. It's classes, so you almost have to you know let them play the teams that are so so you're not inflating your schedule if you're a quote unquote division two team 
Um, you know, you have to play them so you got to get an accurate seating at the end of the year as much as possible. So lots going on this week. A really busy Saturday. You almost want to, like you said, you almost want to split yourself up to kind of check all these games out. We Mike even opined, he said, maybe if this was TV, they would stagger them a bit more. Unfortunately, we're not going to get that. But so with all that said, let's get to our guest this week, Greenwich coach Bobby Lutz. Joining us on the show is, of course, the head coach of the Greenwich Cardinals. It's Bobby Lutz. He's been around forever. Sixth year, though, with the Cardinals. And uh, coach, how you doing? I, uh, thanks for joining us. I know it was a rough time, uh, you know, against your old team, Darianne and Jeff. And, you know, I, I know you had some high expectations, but uh, man, they are good. Huh? I mean, 20, 20, what was it? 20 to six. And yeah, 20 to six. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for bringing that up right away. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, my head's still spinning. Um, they're just good. They're deep everywhere. And, and if you don't bring your a game and everyone's, you know, dialed in, you're, you're going to pay the price. I mean, it doesn't help. Like uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but it doesn't help that they get Holt Matthias back this week, you know, to go with, uh, you know, Brady Picorni and all those guys. And I guess they were missing maybe some defenders, but uh, I guess that's the thing every year, you know, you're like, well, maybe this is the year we get them. I mean, I know Roy got them a few years back and, but that's, you know, and then Wilton a couple of years before in the FCX, but man, when they're ready to go, it's just, you know, what do we do? I mean, what do, what do you guys do? I mean, you're chasing them. I mean, I know you're a new Canaan guy as well. You, you coach with Jeff for years. Uh, you know, you know, the, everyone, everyone asks you what's the formula, but what is the formula? Has, it, no it one's is, figured it, out yet. Yeah. No, there, there is, um, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing special there. It's just, you, you've got great coaching. You've got, you know, great youth program. You've got depth everywhere. Um, you know, probably, you know, the, the biggest thing is probably the youth program funnels a lot of kids to the high school. Um, and they, they do a great job of prepping the kids for what they're doing in high school. So those kids kind of come in knowing what they're supposed to be doing. And then they're just so deep that, you know, we joke around about, and all these years I was there, probably the best part of practice was the scrimmaging at the end, because it would be at the, the ones against the twos. And the twos on Darien probably are as good as any of the, of the mid-level, even, you know, higher level, you know, um, teams in the FCAC. So, so imagine every single day you end your practice, you know, with a, with a scrimmage against, a, a, you know, a, a decent FCAC team and they go after it. I mean, every single practice. Uh, and then the depth chart is so deep that, you know, one kid makes a mistake. There's another kid just dying to get in. Um, and it just pushes everybody. It's just, you know, good kids make better kids when they play against each other all the time. So, um, you know, it's a good, it's set up, it's set up to, to, to succeed. And, uh, you know, Jeff does an amazing job and, and, uh, you know, he, he, he has his hands in everything and, and he knows all those kids well, and, and it's a good, it's a good system. How good is that Picorni kid? Uh, they're all, which one? They're all. I mean, I mean uh, the, the freshman. I say kid. Matthias. Well, I mean, name, name a brother. Vancheck. Yeah. Name a brother. Um, <laughs> it's amazing, huh? So it's yeah, it's pretty funny. Like even you, you talking about you know Holt coming back. Um, you know, we were going over the scouting report even on the bus ride to the game. We said we were talking about matchups, and and they're like, well, you know, should 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 I cover Holt? Should I cover? I mean, I said, I got, cover the guy with the ball. It's like you know, they they, you know, you start focusing on just one guy, 
you know, it's the second, third, fourth guy that, that, that could come in and beat you. Um, you know, we tried, we tried going zone, you know, you got, you, you, the, sometimes you overthink it a little bit when you play Darian because you think you have to have some, some magic formula and, and some special thing that they haven't seen. Um, but they see it all. And it's just, you know, when you have, you know, the 10 guys on the field and, and I, I don't know what the stat is. I think I heard that, you know, you've got 11 or 12 kids that are D1 commits. You can only start 10 of them. So it's like, you got a kid coming off the bench who's a D1 commit. Um, but, you know, I think our, our kids, you know, played, played hard and, and, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want the, the COVID thing to be the, you know, the excuse for the season, but it's kind of our narrative where, you know, I was, I was, I was thinking that, you know, looking at the practice schedule and, and, you know, I think we're at practice number 14, um, you know, and, and we're deep into getting, getting in the middle of May and, and that, that, that kind of hurts you. And, and two of our starters, um, you know, one of the kids that played yesterday that I was hoping for a big game, he, he's, he's had three practices, total practices with like that starting lineup, which is, I mean, it's insane. That's where you are, you know, before you even get close to exiting March. So we, we have a ways to go. And, and the problem is we're packing in all these games. We don't have practice time. So, right. you know, we, we have another game today. Um, you know, against Stanford and it's a different type of game and we'll try to get everybody in. Um, but then we have one day to prepare for Ward, which, you know, it's a good team too. It's like, you, you look what teams do against area and throw that out, you know? So they, they, they almost had a similar, you know, type game against Darian. So, you know, we gotta be ready for them. It's, it's, there's a lot of good teams in the FCAC. Yeah. Basically you guys, you know, had the two week quarantine, which kind of mucked things up, as you mentioned, you didn't get started until uh, April 22nd. You played Staples, pretty close game, you know, 9-6. You lose to Fairfield Prep. They're young, but they're really talented. For it. But then you guys go on a nice little roll. You beat the West Hill. You beat McMahon. You guys had to kind of reassert yourself there. Then the big one last week, though, that really must have been good for you guys. You know, tell me about the Ridgefield. They're number two ranked. I mean, I know everyone's kind of bunched up after Terry Ann, but that must have been a really big step for you guys to get that win, 15-13. to 13 you know, against Roy Colsey and his kids and all those guys they have there. Yeah. Another really, really talented team. Um, and, you know, playing, playing at, at Richfield, the Tiger hollow is just a tough place to play. Um, mm. So, you know, I, I think, I think partly why we played so well is because we were so excited to have the whole team. So it was, it was, it yeah. wasn't just, you know, getting prepared for it and getting pumped up for a big game. It was like, just kind of like the buzz, like, Hey, look, this is our team. Let's show, let's show everyone what we have. Um, the problem is it just turns into such a battle. You know, you get a couple kids banged up and then, you know, you're, you're, you're off. And then you have a quick little walkthrough on Monday. You can't push them hard on Monday. Cause now you got three in a row and then, you know, you're right back to, and I got three in a row next week too, too. You know, we go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, next week with, um, wow. with Wilton on Thursday. So, you know, you could, you could kind of have some, some somewhat off, off days with, with some of the lighter FCAC teams, but you know, the prep time for some of the, the bigger ones is tough, but you know, so we had the Brian McMahon game Friday, which for some crazy reason got pushed back because of weather. Um, <clears throat> so we had to go back to back with Richfield. Um, so that was that was an emotional win because, you know, the, the, the kids, you know, had to play back to back knowing um, how important that Saturday game was. Yeah. Um, tell, well, tell us about some of your guys, you know, uh, you know, we, obviously, uh, you know, just tell 
just tell us about some of your guys. You know, what, who, is, who are you looking to to step up? Who's been stepping up? Who's been playing well? You know, and, and you know, what do you, once everyone kind of gets their groove going and you have all these games, which, who, were, who are we looking to, to worry about when, you, when the Cardinals step on the field against you? Well, this year we're, we're, we're lucky. I, I think this is probably the, the deepest uh, team that I've had. Um, you know, we've always had some great, great players. You know, my first year with Will Perry, and then we had, I had Savio facing off for the two years and, and Jack Fida. And we've always had to- holding tidy. I've, there's always been a couple great players. Um, this year they're, they're, it's, it's, it, they're great, but we're also pretty deep. I mean, even just my captains alone, um, you know, Will Montese is probably just the, 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 the eyeball guy that just, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a moose. I mean, he is a, a monster of a kid. Um, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause he's so big and so strong that he gets called for penalties every once in a while. Cause when he, he hits kid, he doesn't even like mean to hit them. Like he, he, you know, there's, there's some poor you know, freshman that's, that stepped on the field for staples. And it was, it was a questionable hit. I mean, he, he hit him, but it was poor kid went flying just because the size of this kid and that, yeah. you know, everybody's just, he kind of stays out of his way. Um, so he, he kind of leads our offense a little bit. Um, then I got a captain, Jack cook, um, you know, real great football player, um, you know, multi-sport athlete, um, uh, Chris Cataldo leads the defense, um, you know, senior captain, he was a captain of hockey, so he knows how to play in big games. And then Jimmy O'Malley's another captain. Uh, and then uh, John Cantalo, Chris's twin, um, is, is, you know, helping lead the attack group. And, and he had a monster game against Richfield. He, I think he had seven goals. Um, and, wow. I, I, you know, I didn't even check. I should have checked. Uh, I don't know if he got the, the Rudin player of the week. I know he was, he was kind of up there in, in the votings. Uh, so hopefully one. I, I got to check it. Um, but... You know, and the and then the the junior class is is definitely a very deep class. Um, you know, I got Bryce Metalis, I think leads the team right now. He's got um, I can't um, I do not know. I don't think he scored yesterday, but up until that point, I think he has twenty five goals. Um, you know, so he's averaging almost four goals a game. Um, you know, Flynn Millage, James Pilse, uh, Roy Newton. Uh, these are all kids that you know probably for the first time. Um, in, in my time at Greenwich, do we have so many kids who are kind of college level players? Um, you know, we've had a couple of kids that have gone on to college and like the kids I said, you know, obviously higher level schools, but, you know, seven or eight or nine kids that, that could play in college. And, and unfortunately just with COVID um, you know, and the way the college recruiting landscape has changed a little bit and not being able to see these kids or not being able to see them live, um, I think that's, that's why these kids aren't committed, but which is great because sometimes that, that, that's how teams value and look at uh, other teams, talent levels, like, well, where's he going to school? And, and, you know, we, we don't really have those committed players. So they, they kind of overlook those kids. Um, you know, a kid like Bryce Metallius, if there wasn't COVID, that kid would get on a call on September 1st from, from numerous schools. Um, but just no one really gets to see him play. So, I mean, and he's not just getting these, these goals against some of these lower level teams. Like, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's putting up big numbers against, you know, staples and prep and um, you know, it's great. It's great to see. And they, and they love playing together. Um, They're they're This is like a family. Um, And uh, I can only see us getting better, which is, you know, I guess the, the hope for any team as they progress to the season. Yeah. I guess this is like one of those things where you, you have to, as you mentioned, you're playing so many games back to back to back. You guys got a late start, and then you just gotta 
practice in the games almost yeah. you know practice yeah. in the yeah. games and hold, uh, i see it at new canaan i see it at uh richfield this year i mean you know darian seems to be on a different level um, but they're doing the same they're kind of getting better and hopefully by the end of the year i guess that's the mo I mean, especially this year because we didn't get it last year they did play in the summer but you know as far as team chemistry goes it's just playing until you know hopefully the kids get it in time for the state for the fci and state playoffs right yeah, we said, you know, it's almost a daily reminder now where I tell the kids, you know, they've heard their whole lives, you know, play every game like it's your last. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I say, guys, I mean, I could get a phone call tonight from the school nurse saying you shut down for another two weeks. And now as we get later to the season, like that couldn't be any more relevant of like the last game. You know, you get you get within the last two weeks of the season that that's it. You're done. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they changed it a little bit with, you know, you could test or, you know, test out, but you're still looking at 10 days. Um, you know, and that's what happened, you know, combination of quarantine and everything. We were missing Quinn Warwick at the faceoff X and, and, you know, that was a huge difference maker on, um, on Saturday against Richfield, you know, we didn't have him for staples and we didn't have him for prep. Um, so, you know, we struggled a little bit there. Um, so just having a full team is, is it, it's, it, the boys are excited to have it. And, and obviously as a coach, it just makes things a little bit easier knowing you have everybody. But, you know, you, you tell them, you know, you, you always worry about injuries. That's part of sports. But this COVID thing is like a whole nother, yeah. whole, whole nother beast. And, and, you know, it could happen from school. Like we lost one kid from contact tracing from, from a classmate. So it had nothing to do with lacrosse. So, you know, I know some kids are, are, are now switching to full remote because they're just afraid of, of getting contact traced at school. And that now affects their, their schooling. And it, it's, 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 it's kind of a mess. I can't even imagine. Like, you know, there's so much that guys like us do not, we just can't fathom because we're not there in the moment of it. I don't know how you guys have been dealing with it. You teach at Stanford, which is, you know, you got a whole other thing to worry about there. And it's just all this, it's just nuts. And I don't envy any of the teachers at all. You guys are all heroes in my mind, just dealing with this stuff. Yeah, but, it's, yeah. It's, been, it's been crazy. And like you said, like, like, like kind of learn on the fly. Um, we actually put in a zone defense um, for the first time against Darianne in a live game. I mean, that, that has got to be the stupidest thing a coach could even try to do, <laughs> but actually, it actually worked a little bit, um, you know, but, but again, with them, it's, uh, I don't know how much really works and what doesn't work, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, the intelligence, intelligence of our, of our defense that, can learn something like that. They're all smart players. And I, I, I see their grades when they, you know, I try to check in on them and it's like, I don't got to worry about any of these kids. They're all, you know, like 4.0 students. So, you know, fortunately we can do that in, in, in games and have them learn on the fly, but it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's just something has to be, you know, something has to be done in a practice and, and talk through and walk through and, and, I mean, look, I don't even want to look at the schedule to see how many practices I have left, but I know it's not, I know it's not a <laughs> it's not lot. A lot. So, no. no, it's not a lot. You have, uh, you know, like you said, you have Sanford this uh, uh, today, Thursday, uh, then you have Ward, then you go next week, Trumbull, Norwalk, Wilton, back to back to back to back, one day off, then Fairfield, Ludlow, which is, that's a pretty good team. They're pretty sneaky. Ludlow looks Ludlow. Great. Yeah, I, I actually live in Fairfield, so, and they, they do okay. a lot of night games, Um so, so I could try to get over there as much as possible, just, just to, just to watch. Um, and, and I, you know, the, the, the day before we played St. Joe's, I watched them, you know, to scout St. Joe's. 
So sitting there with my assistant coach, I was like, oh God, another team we have to like really start dialing in on now. Um, you know, another team that has talent at, at a lot of different spots and, you know, and everyone always talks about these like top five or six teams. Uh, and then it's like the guys just below them, the guys below aren't that far below now. So, no. and, and then, you know, some of us, you know, we're just trying not to be ranked in with those teams below. Um, but it's, it's hard every year. They're getting better and better. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we're still, we're still chasing the top. So. So you've been there six years, um, you know, uh, Greenwich, you've it's been a while since they won a state championship, but uh, you know, that was back when Darian wasn't in that division, if I remember correctly. So who knows, but uh, you know, when you got there six years ago, you know, what did you, you know, how did you want to kind of mold this program and maybe you're involved in the youth across, which is a huge youth, youth across program in Greenwich. It's, it's great. Uh, you know, yeah, and it's gotta be how do you, yeah. yeah, it's one of the biggest, um, you know, it, it's, it's like its own self-contained unit. Um, and, but, you know, there's so much competition, not just with, with uh, around you, but you also have Brunswick in town. And I know a lot of Greenwich kids go there. You know, how do you navigate all that and maybe, you know, get enough guys to kind of buy into Greenwich lacrosse and, and playing against the Darians and the Hindu Canons of the world in, in the CIC? Because I know a lot of kids go there, but you know, uh, you know, how do you get, uh, you know, what, what did you, what did you want to do and how do you want to kind of move this program forward? Well, probably, probably the youth is, is the biggest target right now. Um, you know, you, you, we want to meet up, you know, with the girls coaches and, and, you know, target the boys and girls. And, and there was kind of a little bit of a revolving door on the girls side. Um, you know, I think they went through five coaches in five years, mm -hmm. um, but now they got Tara Clow over there and she seems to be, um, you know, locked in and she's, she's got a good team and, and I think she'll stay for a while. So she and I are, are, um, so we're actually a little plug here. We're running, uh, we we're launching future cards, lax.com. Uh, so we're going to do some camps and some clinics. Um, so really trying to get the public school kids at a younger age and get them involved and get them playing. You know, the, the youth program is great. Uh, and Pat Coleman does an excellent job and, and it's got a plethora of coaches and, and, you know, but those kids all scatter, um, you know, yeah. for the eight, a team right now, we have three kids going to the high school. So going back to the Darianne formula, I bet you out of 20 kids, they get 17, 18, 19 going to the high school, whereas I'm getting right. three. So, you know, and it, the whole thing is instead of trying to like go after these A players and, and you know, try to convince them to, to go to the high school and get a scholarship, or whatever joke I might do, it's, it's, it's more I got to go after the C and B player and make them an A player. Um, you know, and, and, you know, before, and sometimes when a new coach comes in, it, it's, it's well, what, what did the old coach leave for and what was the program like? You know, I'm following Paul Burke and Scott Bokley and the two excellent coaches. You know, I'm friends, good friends with both of them. And, and it's, it's more instead of changing everything, it's just kind of just keep growing in the direction they were headed. Um, but the youth program is, 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 has to be the biggest focus right now. Um, you know, and, and nothing to compete with GYL. It's kind of just to merge with them a little bit and, and grow the numbers even more. Um, you know, you look at some of the other town teams. I know Fairfield, because my daughter's playing the program, they, they used to play in the youth programs, huge, huge program, but another one where they kind of scatter. You know, you got Ludlow, yeah. you got Ward, you got for the boys' side, you got prep, and you got kids that just go away. So, you know, you, you guys know, got to deal with prep too, right, coach? Uh, not really, not okay. as much as, you know, there was, there was one or two kids here or there, okay. uh, but they pull a little bit Northern, thank God. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't, I can't lose any more. Um, so that, that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the plan was always just to, 
you know, grow it as much as we can. Um, you know, and the, again, COVID, COVID hit us. We, we uh, losing that season. So, you know, that kind of my freshman team right now, um, you know, we don't, we don't float players. You know, I, I know some programs do that where I'll take, you know, some varsity kids pull them up to freshman or JV. And then when they play the freshman games, you know, they could drop down and play. So they go back and forth this year because of the contact tracing, you can, I can't do that. So if I have a freshman playing on varsity, I can't have them go play in a freshman game and potentially, you know, either spread COVID or get COVID and bring it yeah. back to the team. So now our freshman team is, you know, I got two great coaches down there. Um, they're, they're trying everything they can, but I have nine players who are first year lacrosse players. I mean, this is wow. like right at high school, nine players that are, are brand new to the game, great athletes, football players, multi-sport athletes. They're having a blast, you know, but you know, I, I look at some of the scores and talk to some of the coaches and I'm like, Oh, Oh boy. Like, like uh, it's just, it's, it's kind of eye opening that, that we almost have to like, you know, you don't think of a team like Greenwich, you know, having to, to, to real like literally reload every year um, because of, of the kids we're not getting from the youth program. So right. well, that's gotta be, that's gotta be the main objective right now. How many of the guys do you have from the football team who are, who are start this is maybe their first year, they just want to go out there and hit somebody and solve the cross. Yeah. The yeah. I got one. <laughs> yeah. I got one. I, uh, you know, or no, I should say I have multiple ones, but um, you know, I got uh, Hugo Mark is, 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 is just an exceptional athlete. Um, but he, he is, I think he's trying to live a little bit of the football life right now. Yeah. Um, I don't blame and, him. I mean, I don't blame I, him. No, not at all. And, and he comes off the field and he goes, I thought this was a contact sport. It's like, <laughs> Um, which is true, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, they have to, they have to learn that the rules are changing just for the safety as it should. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the safety of the kid. And, and, and like I said, will, will Montese, if he starts hitting kids, for, forget it. I mean, that's one way we could win games. He just knocks out every other player, but um, can't really be an option. Yeah, I can I can only imagine those. Guys. Usually, the it really fits right in though with those, some of those football guys. I mean, you talk about Jack Fita from a few years ago. I mean, oh, there yeah. was a kid who was just he had that mindset. He was a great lacrosse player too, and uh, you know. But uh, it's a really it's a really interesting dynamic that whole the whole thing. But uh, you know, you know, going back just a little bit, you know, we only have a little bit of time left. But you know, you, you came from I mean, you've got you've come from great stock. I mean, you, you're from New Canaan. You coach a lot, you know. You you played for Howard, right? Yeah, I played for Howard, and I coached for Howard, Howard for a couple yeah. Of years. Yeah, right. You coached for him, and then you coached with uh, with uh, Jeff for um, what, what, eight years or so, or, or eight so, years, yeah, 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 something like that with uh, Darianne. And now you got your own program here. And you know, what have you taken from those guys? And can you kind of, you know, take everything you learned from Howard and Jeff and kind of mold it into like this super Greenwich power. Well, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying, I'm trying. It's, you know, how it's, I can't imagine too many head coaches that could say they, they were assistants to, to two hall of fame coaches. Um, you know, two of the, two of the better coaches that ever coached. Um, and it's funny because their, their styles are really different. Um, yeah. You know, and they obviously are both really successful, but you know, I take a little bit of both. Um, you know, I was definitely younger and, and, and kind of starting out and, and starting out with teaching when I was with Howard. So, so with Jeff, I, 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 I definitely learned a lot and, uh, you know, he was just a great mentor. Still is, still is a good friend and a mentor. And, and, you, you know, you, you take as much as you can, and then you have to add your own little spin and your own little twist of things. But, you know, mostly it's, it's just year to year. It's like with teaching, you know, every year it's a different group of kids. Every year it's a different group of, of players. And, and it's trying to find like that specific, 
you know, formula for that specific year. So it, it helps. Yeah. And, it, and, and those guys taught me more than, than I could imagine, but you know, every year I'm learning and every year I'm changing and every year it's a different team. So hopefully this year we figure out enough and, and make a little run at it. Something I'm really interested in. Mike wrote a story a little bit about this um, a few weeks ago about the capital prep up in Hartford, starting their, you know, your own program, the city game, you know, the, a lot of kids are, I, I keep saying, you know, I would love to see some of the, the kids in the city, you know, really embrace lacrosse. And you see this. I mean, they, 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 once they get a stick in their hand, they love it. They just got to learn the skills and everything. You're at Stanford and they got to, I see them on Instagram all the time talking about, you know, pumping their kids up. And, you know, just what do you, I don't know, what do you see from, from your perspective there as a, as a, you know, Stanford uh, teacher, you know, how, how are those city uh, teams doing? I mean, uh, how are they progressing? I think- I think it's great. I mean, that's that that Howard Bennett used when he used to get really, you know, upset with the team. He's like, I'm going to go to Bridgeport and, and, and coach. And and, you know, he said the same thing. It's like, you know, just just get kids involved. And, and here at, at Stanford, you know, Coach Naz is doing an amazing job of just getting kids sticks and equipment and and, you know, getting kids excited to play. And I know the freshman team is doing really well. So hopefully the future is going to keep growing in that direction. But the, the problem is, is probably the, the age grouping. And again, it all goes back to the youth. So, yeah. you know, I kind of equated a little bit to hockey. And it's, it's you know, if you, if you first start skating as a freshman, you're not going to be a great skater and a great hockey player by junior, senior year. But maybe if you start a fifth, sixth, seventh grade. So, you know, he, he, I know he's heavily involved in, in the youth program. And he, he has that CT City program. And it's getting younger and younger kids involved. And I think that's the difference. It's, it's, yeah. you know, and then lacrosse is another expensive sport. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not just the stick. The stick is, you know, expensive as it is. But then you're talking about helmets and gloves. And, and once you're all suited up top to bottom, you're looking at five or $600. Wow. Um, you know, and even something like Greenwich, you know, we, we give out helmets. Um, but then you return that helmet and then they don't have anything for the summer. And, and, you know, the kids that you want to get involved in, you, you know, you got to kind of keep tabs on them and we scholarship a couple of kids. I, you know, we bought this one kid full equipment this year. And, and, you know, that, that's probably the hardest thing is not only just getting kids fully equipped to play, but then, then what, then what are you going to do? Like you got to enroll these camps and clinics and club lacrosse is so expensive right. that where, and you know, and that's always the you know, kind of, you know, the, one of the, I don't know, it's, it's the, the argument of, of allowing coaches to coach in the off season. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know Connecticut is one of the few States that, you know, Long Island, they could coach year round. Um, you know, one of the, if you, if you were able to coach your kids in the off season, you know, would it, would it help Greenwich or Darien or would it help Stanford or Bridgeport where those coaches now can, can run free clinics for their own kids and, and, and do outreach programs and, and, and work with them year round. I think that's where, you know, the argument could be made, like, let them coach year round. Um, yeah. You know, cause we're doing it anyway. I'm not physically coaching any of my kids. Um, you know, we are, we're all good rule followers when it comes to that, but I know my kids are playing club and I know my kids are, are at camps and clinics and I know they're getting great coaching. Um, and fortunately for the majority of my kids, they can afford that. But like, what about these Stanford kids that can't afford it? And then that's it. They put the stick in the garage and they pick it back up in March. Right. Um, so that's, that's, that's where it'd be nice to see, you know, maybe, you know, cheaper camps and clinics and, you know, for inner city kids or just get more kids involved and, and let it, let it keep growing. And, and, and then you'll see, you know, the, the, the parity will, will start to shrink and, and the FCAC is going to keep getting better from top to bottom. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at Stanford. They're, they're kind of going through a rough patch here, but you know, they're playing some other schools. They got they beat up they beat up on Hamden. They beat up on, on Law. They beat up on Bradford. That's great. You know, you have Norwalk and the McMahon's, and I know McMahon's been you know has been great over the years. I I would just love to see. You know, I'm just waiting for the the city to really kind of kind of kind of get a little more involved but you said there are obviously obstacles and it's not even just lacrosse it's i know football's had that issue the 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 more affluent towns they don't coach year-round but they kind of do they go on camps and things like that and they're trying to figure that out and basketball they got aau stuff and so i I don't know it's it's interesting though and uh so you got a good perspective on that um coach we're just about out of time here i'm gonna let you go i know you're at school so i appreciate you giving us a little time here and uh so you guys have got uh you know another rough stretch ahead and we got wilton and some of these other teams of uh you know ludlow and then you got cheshire to end the season so uh you know uh i don't know uh what what, what do you think what do you think for the rest of the year well i mean I, like i said we're kind of learning on the fly um, so I think each game we're going to get better and better and, and just staying, you know, positive and focused, you know, we need to bounce back, um, obviously from yesterday, but you know, when you play great teams, like we did yesterday, it tells you exactly what you, you know, you need to work on. Um, so it's just doing it on the fly and, and making sure we get it right. Um, for when it counts at the end, um, you know, and it was a little different this year because, you know, the scheduling, we could only schedule those Connecticut teams. You know, we weren't allowed to because where I'm located, it's great from, you know, I could play Ryan Bronxville and we always had, we, you know, we've had Iona prep on the schedule for a number of years um, and Pleasantville we were going to have this year. And, and I used to play Chaminade. And so this year having to stick with just the Connecticut teams, you know, I, I get to play a Cheshire and you look at, uh, you know, Darian's playing Glastonbury and, and, you know, a couple of the teams are playing teams that they don't normally play. Um, so it'd be nice to see Cheshire. It's, it's um, you know, you guys actually probably know a little bit more about them. I haven't had a chance to really scout that much stuff yet. Yeah, um, well, I know they're I a good team. You, yeah, I could tell you that uh, um, I'm blanking. Mike, help me out. What's his name? Oh, John okay. Rabe's kid plays plays okay. for uh, for them. So he's going to St. John's. Uh, the, he's a junior. He's pretty good. And, uh, you know, it's so uh, I don't know how dad didn't get him to go to uh, to get him, didn't get him to go to Wesley and maybe want to go somewhere else because I know his other son's there, though. So but they're they're really good. They have some some good kids and it's great. Any chance you guys to play get get that Brunswick game done or is that that uh, off? the table? No, we just the timing of it was 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 probably not um, feasible. Now, uh, we got a couple openings that we were flirting with the idea of doing it, but they they end earlier. I think they're almost like done with their season. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, I, I certainly didn't want to go five, five games in a row, four games in a row and have one of them be Brunswick. So yeah, it just, unfortunately it didn't work out. And I know that's it. The town loves that and, and the kids love it. And, you know, and again, it's nice to have a team like that. So you could see what to work on. And it would have been great to have them in the beginning of the season. Um, but that, that, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a tough one to, to try to squeeze back in the schedule. Yeah. Um, I had to get the Darien one and the Norwalk one. We had to, we had to move because of the COVID. Um, and then it just kind of jammed everything up. So no new Canaan though this year, huh? Uh, no new Canaan. We were going to scrimmage them that first, that, that uh, right before the season opened. And then uh, that was when I first got shut down. So it felt terrible for Chip because that was, he didn't schedule any other scrimmages other than us. And we really canceled that morning. Um, so he, uh, he went into that Staples game a little bit untested. Um, 
so it, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe you could point, point fingers at Greenwich a little bit for, for that, <laughs> that tough loss. Oh, man, that's another. We, we could talk all day about lacrosse, talk about staples, too. We didn't even touch on that. But anyway, uh, Coach, thank you for joining us here. Listen, uh, you know, you guys have done an admirable job. I mean, that was a big win, uh, obviously, last weekend. And, you know, Darian's Darian, but you got some toughies left. And maybe by uh, FCAC uh, tournament time, uh, Grinch will uh, have some surprises for us. So uh, yeah, we hope so. We hope so. All right. Well, all right. Thank you, Bob. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, good luck. Well, I haven't seen you guys yet, so hopefully we'll be able to get out there and see you soon. Maybe Wilton will have to see. But uh, thanks for joining us here, and good luck the rest of the way. All right. Great, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Bob. Thanks a lot. So, Mike, that was Bobby Lutz from Greenwich High School, and. Uh, yeah, some some work to they, they've got their work cut out for them the rest of the way. You know, that was a disheartening loss to uh Darianne, but hey, you know what? A really good signature win uh for them against Ridgefield that they could be right in the thick of these things. And uh, as they get more, maybe maybe that's all they need is just to keep playing games and see where they end up. Yeah, for sure. You know, they seemed a little under the radar to start, but uh, but they I think they've shown they've got some good players and they have a decent little team. Yeah. They got a large, decent team. Greenwich class double L school. And like, you know, like we, we, we would all love to see them all kind of elevate themselves to a level that, that uh, really gives Darianne a run for their money. Maybe does mixes things up as far as the state championships and FCAC championships go. I mean, again, Darianne didn't win the FCAC championship two years ago. So, you know, um, it, it is nice to see a little variety and uh, I think he's got him moving in the right direction. I mean, all the more of these guys you get, uh, at these programs who are really invested like Bobby is. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before, you know, people start buying in and, 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 you know, making that program what it is. And, but everyone's still chasing Darian. So, you know, it's just a matter of now of seeing, you know, who can keep up with the, uh, blue wave. And right now I, I don't see it. We'll, we'll have to see what Wilton's got this weekend you know they've always got some tricks up their sleeve so so what else are we looking at this week mike i mean uh you know by the time you're listening to this it's probably staples prep probably by the time you listen to this staples prep probably over um but you have uh massive at barlow's an interesting game on friday cheshire glastonbury on friday and then the big saturday new canyon ridgefield new fairfield at newtown and wilton at darianne I think those two FCAC games on Saturday are the big ones. You know, seeing what Wilton can do with Darian. You know, like I like I said in the games to watch. You know, how many of those kids really remember those games from two years ago? But still, it's uh, still it's sort of that rematch. And obviously, the other rematch, Richfield and New Canaan. We 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 get to start seeing these rematches and seeing what happens the second time around, and uh, maybe we get a little separation. And then uh, two weeks from now. Those rematches won't matter because we'll get a we'll get a third uh, third time around with some of these. Right, and then it will matter <laughs> because that'll be the FCAC championship or the FCAC tournament, and then you have the state tournament coming up too. So, still got some busy busy uh, weeks ahead before we head into conference championship, but it will be here before you know it. Thanks to Bobby Lutz for joining us on the show this week, and uh, you know we'll see what happens on Saturday. It should be, should be a lot of fun. I still don't know where I'm going to go, but uh, if you see me there, don't forget to say hi and say hi to Mike too. He usually can't miss us for the guy with the guys with the game time CT gear on walking around with cameras and writing stuff down. 
right, so for Mike Morbido, I'm Sean Patrick Foley. This has been the Long Speak Podcast on Game Time CT. Thanks for listening.